A warm welcome to the Luxury Property Show, where we take an inside look at the world of luxury real estate. This is an exciting new chapter for the show as we are recording our very first international episode. Um, today, I'm joined by Paul McLean, an award-winning architect based in Los Angeles, who is famous for designing gorgeous ultra-modern homes and has a list of clients that includes uh, Calvin Klein, Beyonce, and Jay-Z. Uh, thank you for joining me today, Paul. Thank you, Arpan. Thanks for having me. All right, Paul. Um, so busy morning for you. Uh, quite, quite an eventful morning already, it seems. <laughs> yes. So, well, uh, hopefully your day went better than our morning so far. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's been a busy one, but, but you know, that's never a bad thing. Um, no. Now, Paul, if we could uh, delve into your history a little bit. Um, you grew up in Ireland, um, although you've you're a bit of a globetrotter. You've been in a few different cities working on various projects uh, over the years before finally settling in LA. Um, so can you just tell me a little bit about your journey as an architect and uh, what eventually drew you to California? Sure. Well, I, I think we, as we talked before, I wanted to be an architect since I was a very young boy, probably four or five years old. And mm -hmm. I always drew houses, even at that early age, I was more interested in houses than other forms of architecture. And I think as I was growing up, I, f I first became exposed to contemporary architects like Frank Lloyd Wright and Le Corbusier in the very limited public library that we had <laughs> in the suburb of Dublin where I grew up. So right. when I found those books, I mean, I was probably around 10 years old at that stage or so, and I was absolutely fascinated, but somewhat perplexed, didn't really understand that you know, how you design houses like that, but definitely right. was very intrigued. And uh, as, I, as I moved forward, finally got to go to architecture school in Ireland and was, was lucky enough to have the opportunity to work for different architects in different cities around the world and uh, never really lost my interest in homes. So that led to me coming to Los Angeles. And I think I've, I've always felt that Los Angeles, especially Southern California, Los Angeles in particular, Mm -hmm. is a place where there's been a lot of experimentation and residential design, perhaps more so yeah. than most other places. So that's what originally drew me here in the hope that I would be able to participate a little bit in that and learn more about residential design. All right. Um, and Paul, what would you say, um, I guess, you know, you've always been interested in architecture. Uh, what attracted you more? Would you say the, the artistry? behind the architecture or kind of the more technical aspect? Was it a bit of both? It was a, a bit of both, but I've always been intrigued by the style and design. And so more on that side than the technical aspect of making homes. Right. Um, that was a whole other journey in itself, <laughs> to make them <laughs> along the way. But from a, there were some fantastic architects that came from Europe in the 30s and 40s here, like Richard Neutra and Rudolf Schindler. And they, they, they came here to California and convinced people to let them build these very extremely different homes, things that people weren't used to saying. These were the precursors of the case study houses. So as I got into college, I learned more about those. I was really fascinated about that. And you could still see some of that experimentation going on even back in the 80s and 90s with people like Frank Gehry and Aragon Moss and Frank Israel. So mm -hmm. they're all based on that style and exploring different styles and ways to respond to the natural environment here. That's what got me out here and that's what got me interested. 
Now, you've always been interested in contemporary design, as you said, um, especially with the works of Frank Lloyd Wright, among others, uh, that have influenced you in the past. Uh, have you ever um, kind of thought about or maybe dabbled in any other styles, or has it just been contemporary all the way for you? Well, for, for me, it's been mainly contemporary. When we set up mm -hmm. our farm, we did do some other uh, like beach-oriented houses and things in different communities as we started to get our firm, but we always had the goal of working just in a contemporary design. But I do feel that there are a lot of things you can learn from, from other styles. And I think, for example, in Moorish or, or Mediterranean architecture, they use a lot of water and uh, courtyard design, shading devices. And I think you can reinterpret those into and we try to to kind of broaden at the style of our homes mm -hmm. but also to make them more appropriate to their environment since we're also living in a, a desert-like climate here as well so those type of styles that people have been working with for four or five thousand years across the Middle East and into Africa they're appropriate some of the ideas they were working with are very appropriate to what we do here today as well right um, and of course Paul um, in Dubai much like in Los Angeles, there's been um, really, a, in the past five years or so, there's been an explosion of contemporary homes. That is kind of the in thing right now. Um, developers are building more contemporary homes, which it essentially is in response to a demand for more contemporary style homes. Right. And uh, basically here we have a, a specific image when it comes to contemporary. Uh, you know, you've got, you know, floor to ceiling glass, You've got the sharp, clean lines, lots of uh, open space, uh, you know, open plan interiors. Um, what would you say makes a Paul McLean home stand out from the pack? How would you define yours as different from what you would typically think of as contemporary? Is there like a, a signature style or any flourishes that you use um, like of your own? Well, I think that obviously we're working in a contemporary style, so there will be parallels and similarities, but we, we strive a lot for balance in our design. Mm -hmm. That's probably one word we use a lot in our office, balance. And that can be between the home and its site, between indoors and outdoors. Uh, but also we try very hard to design our homes so that they can be practical. And we don't really feel that a home should be screaming, look at me, look at me. It's not about imaging and style. It's right. about actually using it on a day-to-day -day basis. And it really should be the background to your life versus your life in itself. Though that might be hard right. for some of us architects to, to understand. But I mean, ideally our clients won't notice the house that much. They'll just feel comfortable there and they'll be able to appreciate the environment they're in and the external environment and mm -hmm. uh, it'll give them a sense of calm and purpose. So so we try and instill that into our designs and use natural materials as much as possible so that they right. potentially have a longer shelf life. I think we try and stay away from things that seem very of this moment or what people are telling us are the latest, greatest trend, which is usually something that was the latest, greatest trend 30 years ago. <laughs> it's coming a revival. Um, but so I think that's very important to us in terms of style. And I think we use like natural components, landscaping, water successfully, I hope. 
that that influence the design and form. Uh, the design doesn't just stand on its own, it's integral to its site. That's also extremely important to me, that it doesn't, every design is unique and different because it's responding to what's around it versus having a pattern book and saying, okay, we're just gonna take this design and put it on this lot, etc. Right, um, and, and we've spoken a little bit uh, previously before the interview about, um, you know, uh, kind of the process of, of designing a home where uh, your clients essentially have kind of a, a general concept of what they're looking for and you try and develop that based on based on the environment and based on on their um their requirements right um, exactly so we'll start by sitting with them and ask them a lot of questions and trying to figure yeah. out programmatically what they need in, from their from the project and often i think like we've spoken before it, it, people will tend to repeat what they, they currently have, which is interesting. We're, we're all very adaptable that way. So the general thing is people come along and describe where they're living currently and, and tell you what the deficiencies of that were, what they're missing or the extra space, but they don't necessarily question where they're currently living and why they live that way. So we try and get into that and try and figure out for them what would make sense for them, what would make their lives work better. Right, um, and sticking with that, um has there been any um, any particular challenges in trying to design a home in that, um, again, ha have there been any, you know, bizarre or very specific requests where a client says, no, I need to have this in my home regardless of, of whatever else you put in there. And then you try and try and fit that in somehow with regards to the design and the, and the site. Well, that, that's a great question. Um, generally, I, I have a specific answer and a more uh, a general answer. But generally, <laughs> I would say um, people generally people don't have such specific requirements. But the biggest problem is always trying to get their requirements onto the site and into the scale of the home they want at the budget they want. So that yeah. that's always the problem that people's dreams and expectations are often much higher than than the reality. And sometimes at the beginning. We have to be relatively hard with people and try and get them back to earth relatively quickly about what is achievable within their budget or on their site, you know, in terms of both of those can be a challenge. Uh, there was a specific one, though, I do remember a long time ago where a client who liked to swim wanted a 25 meter pool so that he could do proper laps within the pool, but his lot okay. wasn't wide enough to have that. So that was you know, a real challenge. But as it turned out, that was, uh, uh, sometimes these challenges bring, you know, unique solutions. So what we ended up doing was putting the pool right down the middle of the lot and splitting the house in half and using bridges to go back and forward over it. So oh, wow. it ended up being the, the signature design component of the house based on the fact that it couldn't work any other way. That's <laughs> <laughs> that's. So, so we never know, so, you know, if you have a specific requirement. But we also try, though, in, in general with our clients to encourage them to be creative and to fulfill their dreams. And obviously we try and keep them in a place where they don't do something that would be terrible for the market value of the house afterwards. Because no one knows how their life is going to turn out and perhaps they have to move. And we don't want the house to be a hindrance that way as well. So right. if someone says to us they just don't need any bedrooms because they're a single person, we'll probably 
make sure they have an office or a gym and, and have those rooms have bathrooms and closets so that if he never needs to sell the house, they, they can always have the appropriate number of bedrooms for where they are. Right. Um, and, and I guess kind of sticking with that idea as well, um, you know, sustainability is, is a major topic. And I think you did touch on this a little bit earlier uh, in terms of how you incorporate uh, the idea of sustainability into your design. Right. Well, we're, as we said before, we're very fortunate to be living here, especially in, in Southern California, in this very benign climate, it's extremely mild, 11 months of the year, with the exception of a, a couple of weeks that right around now where it gets a little steamy. But that does allow us to think about homes differently than we can in other environments. And we mm -hmm. can utilize natural cooling, um, uh, opening of walls to nature, to, to natural daylight. Um, and we'll often as well use water for cooling. So just strategically placing water features uh, adjacent to prevailing winds that will, will you know, put some moisture in the, in the air and also mm -hmm. cool down naturally. We can use that effectively for certain months of the year so we can cut down on air conditioning, etc. But we do that in addition to the co building codes here in California are, are mm -hmm very strongly advocating for green building. And so we, we try and go to the highest level we can with each home and incorporate as many features as we can that will help their energy consumption. Oh, fantastic. Um, uh, and yes, you know, you've been working in California since 1994. Okay. You've been there, you've been there a while. You've seen, you've seen, you know, you've seen it all pretty much, I'd say. Um, going into, you know, 2020, going ahead, how do you see the architectural landscape of California changing? Um, is there kind of a new wave coming in or is it still, do you still see things staying as they are for a while? Well, there, there's certain things going on always, but some things are uh, more apparent than others. I, I think we're, we're looking at densification on a big scale here due to... Okay. For housing we were desperately short of housing and that's leading to a different pattern of development in many parts of the city introduction of public transport and i think it's, it's becoming more and more difficult to sustain the way that the los angeles basin has developed which is based on suburban lots with everyone driving everywhere it's just becoming wow. too difficult so that's making a huge difference on the, the city as a whole and I think we're even in the time I've been here we've seen massive changes there and I think we're going to see more and more of that so that in another 25 years I think the city will be probably unrecognizable that way but I think stylistically we're definitely seeing an influx of people from around the world and they're bringing ideas with them so we're becoming mm -hmm. more international in our outlook so that's a, a positive as well and I think you know we can say that we've definitely had something to do with the development of modern architecture here in Los Angeles. But uh, when you go back and you visit some of those homes, I mean, they were pretty much kept together with duct tape and paint. Photography. <laughs> I mean, they're, they're amazing, like in terms of their experimentation and so on, but some of them were tricky to live in. So one thing that I, I continually excited about is the, you know, improvements in technology in terms of how we can make, really beautiful contemporary designs and make them comfortable to live in, not just mm -hmm. pretty to look at. Right. Um, and Paul, of course, uh, you know, uh, California, as you said, offers 
so much um, so much of an opportunity for experimentation and for crying out, you know, more sustainable homes, um, different kinds of homes that are uh, better for the environment, um, that are perhaps offering a different way of life than people are used to. Um, are there any other major cities around the world where you like to maybe do a project sometime in the future? Um, oh, gosh. Any- <laughs> all, all of them. <laughs> <laughs> are there any that have like a, a particular architectural sensibility that you think, yeah, I think, I think I could add to that. Well, I think that's, that's the beauty of, we, we're fortunate that we, we can do some projects now internationally and, um, right. and every time we end up somewhere, it's, it's, you're responding to the local environment and trying mm-hmm. to see how we can take what we've learned and apply that to that environment and create something unique. So right now we're working hard on two new projects, one in the UK and one in Thailand, and they're, they're oh, wow. very different. And right. we're, we're, you know, we're learning that the, the clients obviously are attracted to what we do here. So we're, we're trying to figure out how do we take that and make it work for those places so they can hang on to the things that they really like about our design, but make them more appropriate for that particular environment. And it's, it's fascinating. I mean, every time you work in a different place, it's a slightly different culture and people have different ways of living. And so we right. have to respond to that. And that makes for very interesting you know, and challenging homes. Um, for example, in the way people live in Thailand, for example, the, the mm-hmm. kitchen is completely different to the way it is where we are, where it's all generally an open kitchen part of a living room and a great room concept, but they will, because of the way they cook and often they have help with cooking, they will have a separate kitchen where that's where the preparation goes on, but they still want some semblance of the, the communal aspect of the kitchen that is in the great room concept. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure that's, that's quite a challenge trying to, trying to kind of adapt to that, uh, that different way of life. And um, I guess, one, one question that I've got in, with regard to that is, um, do you try and adapt the design to the way they live or do you maybe try and incorporate a bit of, um, you know, maybe a bit of California into, for example, a Thai design? Well, yes, I mean, both, because I think you have to go with an open mind and you have to make it work for the environment you're in. But mm-hmm. at the same time, part of the reason that you're there is because the client wanted California house. I did a house many years ago in Germany and after three attempts at design trying to to work within the context of the village the house is my clients like look if you don't draw me a California house I'm going to fire you. (laughs) So so from that perspective that was interesting as a learning experience for me just thinking oh yeah that's why they have us is because but what is it that what is it that goes beyond our style and what goes beyond the local environment what are the things that transcend that that are applicable to everywhere and the beauty of your surroundings you know availability of the environment natural light and so on and we start with those things and then those are i think things we've learned how to work with here that we can apply in most environments um and uh just to get that out there, have you uh, ever done any projects in the Middle East or, or do you, you know, 
would you like to do a project in Dubai sometime? Would that be? I would love to do yeah. a project in Dubai. And I, I do think that it's a fascinating place, what's been going on there. And mm-hmm. as we'd spoken before, our plan, it's similar in some ways to Los Angeles and that both cities started, they're both new cities. They started with mm-hmm. a relatively blank slate and people have taken their dreams and imagination and applied them to a place and felt that they could, which is very unique and different to places like New York or London or, or especially Paris where the, the cities are older and the environment is there and you're in a way always responding to that environment. Right. Places right. where in new cities like Los Angeles and Dubai, you can sometimes let your mind run away and dream of things that wouldn't be possible elsewhere. And surprisingly, those ideas then work in other places afterwards. People transfer them back. So I think right. it would be fantastic to have that opportunity. Uh, a slightly different climate, though. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I think um, there might be a few challenges uh, for you there. But, uh, well, I, I certainly hope that you do get that opportunity one day. And I, I'd love Thank to you. see, you know, I'd love to drive by a Paul McLean home one day. Just well, that would be great. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, well, thank you so much for joining me this morning, Paul. Um, I know you, you probably got a very busy day ahead, so I won't keep you for too much longer. But before I do let you go, uh, there's a little uh, quick fire Q&A that I do with all of my guests on the show. <laughs> it, it, it tends to get pretty interesting. Um, would you be up for that? Sure, we'll try. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's see how this goes. Um, so we'll start off simple. Um, favorite cuisine? Italian. Oh, nice and simple. I like that. Um, your favorite book? Favorite book? There's two. Cloud Atlas by David Mitchell and uh, Orlando by Virginia Woolf. I, those are two of my favorite books. All right. Great. Um, if you could live in any city other than LA, where would it be? Oh, that's a hard one. That's not fair. There are so many. I mean, how many lives do I get, right? Oh, <laughs> like do, asking you to choose a favorite building of yours. I mean, it is. It's like there's so many choices. I mean, I, I do love many cities. I love Hamburg. I love Paris. I love London. So I guess I like cities that are more urban because it's a little bit different from where I live. And I, I always enjoy right. Latin an urban environment and just doing walking and having you know, that spontaneity of what you find along the way. So if I had, I would try and move to a probably a, a Northern European um, urban environment. How about that? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's pretty good. I, I like that. Um, yeah, this is probably a good one for, for LA. Uh, a day at the beach or a day at the golf course? I'm not much of a golfer, so it has to be the beach. <laughs> <laughs> Well, well, it's 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 a great place for it, certainly. Um, True. Much like Dubai, not not so much right now in Dubai, but in a couple of months, uh, it's going to be prime beach weather here. Yeah. Well, we the water is cold in LA. People don't usually know that. The really. The water comes down from Alaska along the side of California. It's <laughs> surprisingly cold. You probably have a better beach weather in Dubai year round than we do. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is the last place you traveled? I've just come back from France and Belgium, which was wonderful. I oh, was wow. in Bruges a couple of weeks ago, Bruca, and uh, that's like a, a phenomenal medieval city that hasn't changed much in the last four or five hundred years. It's just stunning. Right. Uh, was that a, a work-related trip or that just? For fun. All right. Just <laughs> for fun. Um, three, the three things that you never leave home without. Oh, 
I guess in LA would have to be my car keys, uh, my phone, my wallet, my head. <laughs> that would be it, I guess. Um, is there someone that you would want to trade places with for a day? And who would that be? For a day? Yes. You know, what would be a great day would be if you could swap places with an astronaut on the ISS just for the view. Oh, wow. That's... Wow. That's for a day, so... You know. <laughs> right, yes. That has a wonderful response. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's... I, I think we're going to end it with that because that is great. Well, thank you well, so much, Arfan. I really enjoyed it. Um, well, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Paul. I do appreciate it. Um, thank you for joining us. Uh, hopefully, we can do this again sometime. Uh, talk a bit more about some of your homes. Um, I believe you do have a new book on your best homes. Uh, we could just tell me a little bit about your book. Well, you know, we've been trying to gather pictures and, you know, try and find a way to, uh, it's been so much work the last 10, 15 years. We've been super fortunate with our clients and so on. So mm -hmm. it's been, we feel like a good time because we're coming up, I think, on 20 years next year. So it felt like a good time to get nice. a book out with some of our homes. And we've, we've been working with Rizzoli on this book for the last two or three years. And it's just come out and it's called Clean Design creating a contemporary home <laughs> not a very original title um, but uh, it does have a, a lot of good pictures and uh, floor plans and so on of a lot of our homes and uh, I hope it will be an inspiration for people or give them some ideas and um, it's been a lot of fun it's almost harder to do a book than a house so <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you again Paul I do appreciate that thank you And that is it for another episode of the Luxury Property Show. As always, if you haven't done so already, please do hit subscribe so you can stay up to date with our latest episodes. To view the world's finest homes, visit us on LuxuryProperty.com and follow us on social media. Thank you again for listening, and we'll talk again next time.